0: Um, I'm truly humbled and honored to be here uh, and in front of such a great man of God, Apostle Grace. I know that I don't say anything that you don't already know, but I want to confirm something. The Lord spoke to me. You are my chosen vessel. You already know that, but sometimes God just confirms things. And then the Lord was sharing with me that, that, that what is happening here, that this is his seed. And, and a, remember this, that a seed is the beginning of something. Look around you. This is the beginning. And then the Lord said, see, I love you. I, I'm absolutely, you, you guys have captured my heart. You're beautiful. You're gracious. Listen, you're brilliant. You're ambitious. And I see that this seed is the beginning because, listen, you are a chosen generation. Come on and give the Lord some praise. That's God talking about you. Amen. You could be seated. Thank you to all those who are watching on the stream, however you're viewing this. We appreciate you. If you're ever in the area, please come and visit Feneru. I just want to make sure I give a shout out to my church family, Living Word, to my wife, Kelly, and my children. I love you guys. I miss you. Be back soon. Yeah, give them a hand. Don't you love them? We love the streamers. Amen. Father God, I just thank you for tonight. I Lord that you bless this time. Open up our hearts to receive your word. Your word is manna. It's bread of life. It's practical, and that we can use it this week. Lord, your word is also seed. It's planted deep in the good soil of our hearts. It conforms us to the likeness and image of your son, Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our teacher tonight. Teach us what we need to know, and prepare prepare us for what is coming in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. amen. Well, tonight... I'm privileged to talk to you about the labels that we sometimes put on ourselves or that sometimes people put on us, titles, names, the way people describe us or the way we describe ourselves. We live in a world of labels, maybe diabetic, cancer. In America, ADHD, attention deficit disorder, post traumatic stress syndrome, depressed, bipolar, convict, arrogant, gossip, lazy, tired, weary. And sometimes we abandon what God has put in us by looking at ourselves and describing ourselves as broken, rejected. Maybe we describe ourselves as orphaned, abused. And these labels that we put on ourselves begin to hold us back from God's best in our lives. When God visited Abram and Sarai... In Genesis chapter 17, the Bible says that God told him to change his name. God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. This is significant if God shows up and changes your name. That's big. Can you imagine God talking to you and telling you, I'm going to give you a different name? You know, you used to be Ted, and now you're going to be Ted-aham, It would be odd to explain to people. And then he had to explain to his wife as well, hey, just so you know, honey, God just changed your name from Sarai to Sarah. You know, they had been believing God for a promise that God gave them for 24 years. At this point, 24 years every year went by, and still the promise didn't happen. And it looked like it was too late. They could have said, it's too late for me. Sarai, the Bible says, she knew that her womb was dead. It was impossible. Abram knew that he was too old. It was impossible. And every year that went by, I imagine they were a little more discouraged and felt a little more distant from what God had told them he was gonna give them. Have you ever been praying for something and there was delay? You were waiting and waiting and each season that went by the enemy wanted to discourage you it's never going to happen God's not going to come through you're going to have to figure out some other way to do it well Abram and Sarai God visited them and said I need to change your name I want you to know that within one year of changing their names the promise came they were just one more year away they needed to take off the old label and take on a new label Not who I used to be. See, I imagine people in the town would say, or in the village, Abram. And Abram would say, oh, I'm sorry. That's who I used to be. I'm not Abram anymore. Now I'm Abraham. My name means father of many. He began to say things that were not as though they were. And by taking off the old of who I used to be, I can put on who God created me to be. And when I do, it unlocks something in my future. Can I get somebody to say amen? That thing and promise that you've been praying for, you may just need to peel off the old label. Stop calling yourself discouraged or tired. Stop referring to yourself as afraid. Don't say those things about yourself. Learn how to take on what God says about you. Say, I'm more than an overcomer. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That promise is on its way. Somebody say amen. Amen. There's a story in Mark chapter 10 and verse 46 of a man called Blind Bartimaeus. The Bible says that Jesus was passing through Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho, he passed by a blind man. Then it says Bartimaeus. And then after that it says what his name meant. So I want you to get a picture real quick, the Blind Bartimaeus. that the, the Bible even gives the title of his weakness First, This is how people knew him, blind man, Bartimaeus. Sometimes people will label you by the weakness they see in you. Don't listen to that. Blind man, Bartimaeus, his name meant bar, which means son of, and then Timaeus, which means unclean. So every time people referred to him, they would say, The blind man, son of the unclean man. Can you imagine that label people put on him? Are we speaking down to him, holding him back? Sometimes people will speak down to you. They'll say what's wrong with you. They'll tell you what you can't do. They'll reject you. Don't let their criticism impact you at all. The Bible says that this man began to cry out, Son of David... Have mercy on me. Now, when he said the phrase son of David, he was saying Messiah. He was referring to the prophecy in Isaiah, Messiah. He was recognizing something about Jesus that not everyone had recognized yet. Messiah. When you give Jesus the right label, when you give him the right title, Messiah, you know, not everybody called him the right title. Some people referred to him as teacher, You know, when they referred to him as teacher, they didn't get a lot from Jesus. Other people referred to him as the carpenter's son. The Bible says they didn't get anything from Jesus. But when you refer to Jesus as Messiah, you're about to get something. Because when you recognize he's the Messiah, then you know he's your shepherd. He's going to lead you down the right path. You know he's your rock that's going to be firm in the storm. You know that he's your healer. Somebody say amen. He was come and healed your disease. You can receive a healing from a healer. Amen. When he recognized him as the Messiah. See, the Bible says, as he is Christ in 1 John, so are we. So how I view Jesus will help determine who I am or how I see myself. The Bible says that I am crucified in Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. Or when I look at the Bible, I'm seeing a reflection of who I really am. I have to learn to look at the Bible to identify what I look like. I look like Christ in me. So a lot of times... Well, in blind Bartimaeus' case, when he recognized that he was the Messiah, you see, as he called to him, the Bible says that the people went to him and said, shh, be quiet. Don't bother the teacher. You know, sometimes people will try and stop you from getting your miracle. There are people who are gonna say, no, 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 you're not worthy. You're not good enough. You haven't done enough good works You're not in high standing. Miracles are only for the righteous. Listen, don't let people talk you out of your miracle. You are the righteous. The Bible says you're the righteousness of God. You're blameless and holy. You are chosen of God. Well, Jesus heard this man, and he said, bring him to me. Now, the Bible says that Bartimaeus threw off his cloak jumped to his feet, and ran to Jesus. When he did this, Jesus honored this man in front of everyone. You know, God wants to lift you up in front of those who put you down. He wants to elevate you. The Bible says that he wants to raise you up above all people and give you a great name. Jesus honored this man right in front of everyone, the same man that had rejected You know, Jesus always went and targeted the need. The person who needs Jesus most is the one he walks right up to, whether it's Zacchaeus up in the tree. Whoever it is, when there's a need, Jesus takes the power to the need. And he honored blind Bartimaeus by saying this, your faith has made you whole. Do you see that, how he honored him? He said it was your faith. He was saying to everybody around this man has great faith. When he threw off the cloak and then he gets his he gets his healing just remember this for a second. From now on nobody could refer to him as the blind man. He wasn't blind anymore. Jesus removed the stigma of his weakness. He removed the reproach of the society off of him. He gave him great honor. But the Bible, when it says he threw off his cloak, why does it say that? He threw off his cloak. Historically, in Rome, if you needed to be a beggar because you had some kind of ailment that kept you from working like a blind man would, you had to go to the government and prove to them that you had a problem, and they would give you a special cloak called a beggar's cloak. That beggar's cloak is how people would identify you that the government had given you a license to beg. So When he threw off his cloak, what was he saying? He was saying, I am no longer defined by my weakness. This is coming off today. I'm not going to be licensed to be a beggar anymore. It's time for me to move on into the future that God has for me. I'm running to Jesus today. And sometimes I think we've got to get fed up with the label that's been dragging us down, with the title that people have put on us, tired, weary, abandoned, discouraged, abused alcoholic, convict, whatever it is, we need to get fed up with the labels that are holding us back. We need to just throw them off and run to Jesus so we can get our new name. Come on and give the Lord some praise right now. I brought with me a can of cocoa. Uh, it's a little container, really. It's not a can. It's uh, It's got a label on it. I don't know if maybe the camera people could really zoom in on that. And you could see it. Look at that. What is the label doing? The label is there to tell you what's on the inside. It says it's got chocolate. And then if you keep reading, it tells you the ingredients that are on the inside. Do you see that? And then it tells you the value of this container. See, that's what labels want to do. When we wear a label, it's saying, this is what's on the inside of me. This is my value. These are the ingredients that make up who I am. And sometimes people say, hopeless. Right? Oh, it's never going to happen, pastor. I prayed. I tried that faith thing. It's just hopeless. You're wearing the wrong label. You can't let those kinds of things out of your mouth. You see... Most Christians, I believe, and I think Apostle Grace would agree with me on this, that most Christians, their label is lying about who they really are. When that label says hopeless, that is a lie about who you really are, because the Bible says that I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. See, I'm not hopeless, I'm describing something wrong. I'm thinking I was who I used to be before I received Christ. You see, there was a day when I was born of the natural birth, and I inherited the weaknesses of my forefathers, and I was distorted and abused and rejected by this lonely planet, and people put things on me that weren't true. I found out things that I wasn't good at things that I wasn't as talented at as other people. I began to wear weakness on me, but then I found Jesus. And when I found Jesus, I became a believer. And the Bible says that I was born of God. I'm the offspring of God. And he put treasure inside of a jar of clay. I may be clay on the outside. You might look at me and I don't look like much. I'm just short, and I'm kind of getting, I don't know what, something about me, you probably, my nose is a little bit big. Do you think my nose is too big? You're, there might be things about me on the outside that you don't like, but here's what you need to know about what's on the inside. I got treasure in jars of clay. I got a different label. I need to put the label on that describes what's on the inside. I'm sorry, you thought I looked tired? You're mistaken. I'm not tired at all. I have the incomparably great power that God exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead, dwelling on the inside of me. There's power in this life. Oh, I'm sorry, you thought I was the tail? No, 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 I'm the head and not the tail. You thought I was below? I'm not below, I'm above and not beneath. Come on and somebody say amen. amen. Oh, you thought I had to see the doctor will come to you and tell you you have a sickness. You know, that might be the report for the, the day, but that is just temporary because my Jesus is the chief physician and he said that I'm healed. I'm not gonna wear a label of sickness i'm up see oh oh lord jesus he's healing people right now receive your healing right now in your body praise god he just moved out in healing somebody grabbed it you know the word of god is living and active and as we declare things tonight it will work in your body it will work in your future as we declare tonight it'll set you free Those old labels are about to come off. You just run into the arms of Jesus and find out what your new name is. Come on and give him some praise right now. The book of Ruth has a story in it, and we know it's about Ruth, but tonight I want to make it about Naomi. Amen. (laughs) You guys are so much fun. You really are. I'm loving. I'm just loving you guys. Naomi, she lived in Israel. She had a husband, she had two sons, and she moved from Israel because of a famine to a place called Moab. And they left the land that God promised that he would bless her in. And as they were away, the Bible says that her two sons got married. Then, tragedy her husband dies, her two sons die. She decides to go back to Israel, and her, one of her daughter-in-laws, Ruth, wouldn't leave her side. She said to Naomi, I'm going with you. Wherever you go, I will go. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. So Ruth and Naomi go back to Israel together. Now, Naomi's been gone for a little while, and when she returns, I imagine the people were like, hey, it's Naomi. Listen to what Naomi says in Ruth chapter 4 and verse 14. I'm sorry, Ruth chapter one and verse 20. She says this, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. Now, the word Naomi means delightful, favor, and beauty. She says, don't call me delightful, don't call me favor, and don't call me beauty. Instead, she said, call me Mara, which means bitter. And then she says this, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Listen, God does not bring misfortune upon us. God is a God of love and of life. He only has good plans for you, Not to harm you, but to prosper you and give you a future. He takes such great delight in the prosperity of his people. But when we define God wrong, we begin to define ourselves wrong. Why? Because we were made in his likeness and image. When she began to see God as the problem... See, God wasn't the problem. God is the solution. The enemy is the problem. We live in a fallen world full of problems. But Jesus is our Savior. God is your rescuer. He is the life that you need. So she got bitter. I see this all the time in Christians. Bad things have happened. Tragedy struck because we live in a fallen world. Full of sickness, full of disease, full of people who hurt other people. And there's an enemy to boot who's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. So we begin to take on bitterness. Right? We don't want to get bitter. Don't let bitterness get to you. Sometimes when bad things happen and you're tempted to blame God or feel like Christianity's not working for you, don't. The path of bitterness Is a wrong path. What you expect in life is so important. Don't get bitter when people reject you or hurt you. Don't get bitter when people falsely accuse you or say wrong things about you. Don't get bitter, be better. Amen? Listen to this though. She's bitter. She's labeled herself wrong. And sometimes we do this, we label ourselves from our hardships our callous, our defeats, our tragedies, and our rejections. The Bible, after she asked everyone to call her Mara, it names her 17 times as Naomi. The Bible never calls her Mara. God refused to rename her Bitterness. God just kept calling her Naomi. You may have tried to rename yourself, but I want you to know that God has not renamed you he's still calling you by name he says you're delightful you're beautiful and you're highly favored and as he continued to speak the right name you know the bible says that Boaz even though he fell in love with Ruth he talked about Naomi he named her three times that's significant because Boaz is a picture of Christ and Christ was naming her out loud Beautiful, favored, and delightful. And three times, how many know that's a done deal? Death, burial, and resurrection. She was about to experience a new life. In Ruth chapter four and verse 14, we find the restoration and the renewal that happens in Naomi's life. God brings everything back around and renews and restores. Did you know that whatever the enemy has stolen from you in your life, God will restore to you double. Whenever the enemy steals 10, God restores to you 20. Whenever the enemy steals time from you, God will restore all the time. God promises you, I'll restore the years that the locusts have stolen. I'll restore the years back to your life. Amen? And look what he does. Boaz would marry Ruth, and historically speaking, that meant complete restoration of her estate and her inheritance and her name for Naomi. It was called a kinsman redeemer. Boaz was one of the wealthiest people in that town, and he married Ruth, the Moabite, the widow. And it says this in Ruth chapter 4 and verse 14, because Boaz and Ruth got pregnant, and Ruth had a son. he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. King David got in her lineage. Look what God did for her. If God did it for Naomi, God can do it for you. Amen. You just got to learn to not get bitter. Take off that name of bitterness. Don't let that be part of your future and receive the name that God has for you. I have four children. One is 21 years old and the youngest is 10. I have three boys, and a girl. Now my daughter, when she was 14 years old, she was in her ninth year in school. She came to me and my wife and she said, I want to run on the school running team. They would run long distances. What you don't know about my daughter is though she's very, very talented, she's very brilliant, she's very pretty, she's a great singer, she's super gifted in music. She is not a gifted runner. (laughs) There was nothing athletic about her. When she was born, the doctor spoke over her that she would have asthma and breathing problems the rest of her life. But when she was five years old, God healed her. We never accepted it. We kept praying and speaking against it. And then suddenly, she no longer needed the medicine or the breathing treatments in her lungs. But to run across country to run this great distance, that would be a lot on her. We said, are you sure? She said, yeah, I want to do this. And I thought, I wonder what God is up to. So she went and she raced. In that first race, my wife and I went to go cheer her on. And when the runners started coming in, there was probably 80 runners there that day. I want you to know that she came in last. (laughs) The very last place. In fact, when the last person came in, but we hadn't seen her yet. We still couldn't see her. I was thinking of sending out a search party. And then here she came. And when she came across the finish line, we cheered for her, but she still acted like a winner. She was smiling, she was happy. It didn't bother her at all. Now listen, she raced that whole year and always finished last. The next year, she did again. She raced the whole year in her 10th grade and never won. She always finished last place. Then again in her 11th year, on the very last race of her 11th year, she took first place. Among all those in her class, what happened? Can I tell you what happened? is Jesus had written on the inside of her, first place. And even though she wasn't winning, first place was still coming. Because when you have it on the inside of you, you may not experience yet, but it's coming. Once you get it down on the inside of you, it's coming. What does the Bible say? And now... Let the weak say, I am strong, and let the poor say, I am rich. Think about that for a moment. Think about that. God has you confessing and declaring that if you're poor, you're actually rich what's he doing? He's taking you on a journey. He's giving you a new label. It may not have happened tomorrow, but it is going to happen. That wealth is on its way. His blessings and abundance are coming at you like a tidal wave. They're going to overtake you. They're coming in at you. It's going to be more than you can contain, more than you can ask think, dream, or imagine. You just got to learn to take off the old label and recognize who you really are in Christ. Amen? Come on and give the Lord a praise offering right now. Isn't he good? There is a painter who paints beautiful paintings, and he, he lives in Gulu. And I met him a few years ago. I've been coming here for a few years now, eight years. And we were in Gulu. I was with Brother Benjamin and his wonderful wife. And I saw these paintings on the wall. And I asked about the artist. And I got to meet the painter. And meeting him and seeing him, I would notice many paintings on the walls that didn't have his name on them. But then when I saw a painting on the wall with his name on it, it had great value to me. I even began to to purchase some of his paintings. I loved his work so much. What made it so valuable to me was the creator. Knowing and valuing the creator and seeing his skill, seeing the anointing of God on his life, there was value to me when I saw his name on that painting. Let me tell you a story about something that just happened a few years ago in America. Sometimes in America, people have what we call a garage sale. It means that you open up your, your driveway, your area in front of your house, and you just sell things that you don't need anymore. There was a woman who came to a garage sale, and for just two U.S. dollars, which is about 7,000 shillings, she purchased a painting. When she got home, she looked at that painting, and she, she took it out of the frame, and she noticed a name on the painting. It said Picasso. Now, Pablo Picasso paintings are worth millions of dollars. So she began to research and she took it to certain authorities and they verified this was an actual Picasso painting. Even though it was only $2 for her, it was worth millions of US dollars. You know how many people looked at that painting and passed it over? They walked right by it, didn't know what they had. Even the family that was selling it it didn't have any value to them. It was just a painting. But you know what made the painting so valuable? Not how beautiful it was, listen to me. It was who created it. Who created you? The Alpha and Omega created you. When we know who our creator really is, you see, sometimes we try and to value ourselves by our family. You know, in my lineage, in my heritage, my dad is a great man. My, my mom and dad are great men and women of God. They founded our church, highly esteemed, amazing preachers and communicators of God's word, anointed and appointed. But their parents and their parents' parents and their heritage above them, their fathers, my dad came from no Christians at all in his family. His dad wasn't a believer, neither was his mom, neither was anyone in his family. My mom, On her side, the same exact thing. There were no believers in her family. When they got born again, their family even rejected them. We don't want anything to do with this Jesus thing. You know, it's difficult when you look at where you've come from to not try and project that into your future. My dad could have looked at his dad and thought, well, we were always at that income bracket. We were always poor. That's just who I'll always be. My dad was poor, his dad was poor. I'll probably be poor. My dad didn't have any goals. His dad didn't have any goals. I probably won't have any goals. He could have done that with his life. But what God does when he saves us, when he redeems us, is he says, I'm your father now. You've got a new lineage. We begin to recognize that my creator wasn't just my father, but it's my father. And my Father can do all things. My Father is the creator of the heaven and the earth. And he said this about me. I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. He's saying the same thing about you tonight. You have been fearfully and wonderfully made. It doesn't matter where you come from. It matters where you're going. Somebody say amen. Amen. You are a masterpiece. You really are. You're God's finest work. When he made you, he broke the mold. He made a champion when he made you. He made first place. He made more than an overcomer. He says this about you, though. The enemy may come in one direction. He's going to run from you in seven. He says, I'm going to make a table for you that you might eat a banquet in the presence of your enemies. Though one may, the thousand may fall at your right hand or left hand and 10,000 at your right, though no harm shall befall you and no disease can come near your home. Somebody say amen. amen. In Numbers chapter six, God instructs Moses to tell Aaron this. Now, Aaron is the priest in the Numbers. This is back with Moses and Aaron and the Israelites. And he says this, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. How many of you have heard that prayer before? It's a wonderful prayer that they would pray over the Israelites. I want you to hear what verse 27 says, though. The very next verse. So they, the priests, will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. Now, I want you to come into the new covenant with me for a second. Jesus is your high priest, and he makes constant intercession for you. Jesus is praying for you right now, and he's saying, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he give you rest. He is speaking the same prayer over you, and when he prays it, he's putting his name on you. He's marking you with his name. He's marking you by marking you with the blessing. People will know you are marked by Jesus' name because they will see you blessed. They'll see you walking in and they'll see power coming. They'll see righteousness coming. They'll see strength coming. You are not defeated. You are more than victorious, amen? You come walking in with the spirit of God in you, people might say, well, you're not very smart. Listen, I've I've got the mind of Christ, amen? Amen. But your life is just ashes but my Lord has given me beauty a crown of beauty for ashes he's given me oil of joy for mourning and a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness I've been clothed different I look different I got the ring of a king I have authority I have an inheritance I'm joint heirs with Christ Jesus somebody say amen my God has marked me with his own name is that right We have to learn to take off these wrong labels. Don't define yourself anymore by being tired. Sometimes we say, well, I'm afraid of what tomorrow's going to bring. I'm afraid of my boss, or I'm afraid of the job, or I'm afraid of this thing. Or we say, I'm so anxious about tomorrow. No, you're not. You're not anxious at all because you are a child of God. You stand in faith. You came to Fenero this week. You know exactly what God is moving on your behalf. Amen? In Matthew chapter 16, and I'll just, I'm just going to settle down here. Maybe we could bring the music up. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says, Who do you say that I am? And Peter says this, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now watch this. Just like blind Bartimaeus, when he recognized who the Messiah was, Jesus is about to give him a new name. His name was called Simon, son of Jonah. But Jesus is going to rename him right here, Peter. And there might be people here tonight. You've heard of Jesus. You know about the prophet Jesus. You know about some of his teachings. You've heard stories. Maybe you've even been to church. Maybe you've been to church a lot. But you've never called Jesus your Lord and Savior. You've never referred to him as Messiah. You see, when Peter called him Messiah, a new name was coming. And a new name, a new label, was going to unlock a new future for Peter. He was just a fisherman as Simon, son of Jonah. But now he was going to be part of the church that Jesus was planting. He was going to become the one that Jesus would lean on the most as the apostles, he was the chief of the apostles, and he would be planting Jesus' new church, Peter. Jesus said this to him, you did not hear this by men, but by my father who's in heaven. I tell you, Simon, son of Jonah, you are Peter. The word Peter means rock. In the Greek, it's Petros. In Aramaic, it's Cephas. It means rock. He was called Simon, son of Jonah, but now he's going to be Peter Peter. Who's a child of God? You're the rock, Peter. You know that Peter, in the very next couple of verses, would rebuke Jesus and Jesus would have to call him Satan? Get thee behind me, Satan, Jesus said. He wasn't acting like Peter yet, was he? He wasn't acting like a rock, even though Jesus had called him a rock. You know that the rock, Peter, would deny Christ three times as Jesus was going through his worst hour, Peter the rock was not acting like a rock, was he? You know that Peter didn't believe that Jesus had come back from the dead when Mary Magdalene ran in and told all the disciples, I saw Jesus, he's come back from the dead. Peter was among those who didn't believe. He wasn't acting like the rock, was he? Not yet. Not yet. You know that after Jesus resurrected, Peter went fishing. He didn't go and feed the people like he was supposed to. He was off of his purpose, and Jesus had to go out to the beach and get him off the boat and tell him to go feed his fish. Do you love me, he said to Peter. Peter wasn't acting like a rock yet, was he? He wasn't Peter yet. But then the Holy Spirit came inside of Peter. He was in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit hit him. Before that, he was hiding on the Pharisees. He was hiding on the teachers of the law. But when the Holy Spirit got all up inside of him, he came out of that upper room, and he went down, and he began to preach boldly the word of God. He became the rock that God had called him to be. You know, sometimes Jesus calls you something new, and you're not there yet. But just so you know, it's coming. It's on its way. He's calling you something that maybe you don't feel like you are yet. But once he says it, the word of God is living and it's active and it keeps working. You're getting a little stronger every day. You're getting a little healthier every day. You're getting a little more prosperous every day. The word of God is working in your future. It's working in your life. We can't call ourselves Simon, son of Jonah, any longer. We can't call ourselves blind Bartimaeus any longer. We can't call ourselves Mara any longer. But we have to call ourselves by the name that Jesus has called us by somebody say amen in this place who's ready to throw off the old person and become all that christ has called you to be if you're ready for that get up on your feet i want to pray for you i believe as we throw off the old labels today we receive who god says you are we can't go back to complaining about ourselves to looking at ourselves differently than how God looks at us don't forget that you are Christ in you that you have that power within you and I want to pray for you as this word came forth if you'll receive it today I believe the, the Lord was speaking to me while I, was, while I was preaching and he wanted me to minister this at the end that there's there's people here who have dreams in your hearts and some of those dreams you waited so long for that the dream fell asleep. But the Lord tonight is stirring that dream back up inside of you. He says, you may have given up on that dream, but I haven't given up on the dream yet. We're still gonna cause this thing to come to pass in your life. You got weary, but now he's stirring up the fire back inside of you. God is on board with your dreams. Do you want to know something? He put those dreams in your heart. He gave you the dream. He gave Abraham the dream of having the son. It was God's idea to have that son come to pass. Your dreams that are inside of you, they're God's idea. He's going to help you bring them to pass, but he's got to stir them back up in you. Take off the old discouragement. Take off the bitterness today. Don't go back to the way and the weakness you used to describe yourself as and the things you used to say about yourself, but clothe yourself with the strength of God, knowing that you are a child of God. Amen? Father God, I just lift up every single person here right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this word that strengthens us. Oh, thank you, Lord. And Jesus said, you you, you said where two or more are gathered. Agreeing, touching anything, you would do it. Lord, we are agreeing tonight. Jesus, you said, ask anything in your name and you would do it. It's your word working in us that performs. It's a gift. You give it freely to us. It's without merit. It's without earning it. It is by the administration of the grace of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, the label of sickness, get out of this place. The label of weakness or discouragement, get off of these people. In the name of Jesus, anything that's been holding people back, depression, leave this place and let the joy of the Lord fill. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. There's somebody here with a, a knee that's been bothering. Your knees. Your knee got healed during the service. You're not going to be bothered by that knee anymore. It's your right knee. It's been hurting. It's been extreme pain, but the pain is gone. In Jesus' name, pain be gone out of this place. Thank you, Lord. And Lord God, we receive your name for us. We receive your name for us. How you say we are. What you've created us to be. We receive that in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Remember what Jesus said? Go out into this city and compel them to come into this place, that this place, his house might be full. I love you guys so much. I'm standing with you. God bless you. Have a great night. Can I hear a thank you from God? I mean to God for this wonderful.